And uh, I guess the thing to bear in mind is it's thought that Paul was, as you mentioned, chains. He, he was under house arrest, so effectively imprisoned. Uh, he wasn't free. Um, he was literally in lockdown. Uh, so, so, I mean, we know in a really, if we're honest, a relatively minor sense, the frustrations. I, I don't want to un, undermine or undo the, the, the sense of frustration and, and of weariness of this pandemic and its, its implications on us. It is. We're all, we're all feeling, I'm feeling when the tier two came out, and you read through more guidelines and what does it mean and what doesn't it mean and more risk assessments and more, oh, really. I, oh, do I want to do this? A sense of weariness. And I acknowledge that. Um, nothing like genuine test and trial, genuine torture, genuine imprisonment that many of our brothers and sisters are going through. It's slavery. This is anti-slavery Sunday. Uh, uh, and we, with IJM and other partners, we're working as those who genuinely, literally are enslaved and their freedom is radically impeached. Um, but here's Paul to us, knowing something of that, and he himself uh, restricted, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. I'll, I'll pause it there. Will read the, the rest earlier, but um, I'll never forget. I have a, a seminal moments in life. You, you'll have them. They're just, just moments that you're kind of they're etched on your mind and they kind of seep down into your heart and they just stay with you. And I, I will never forget a funeral I took quite early on in my ministry of uh, an elderly gentleman, Christian man, all through his life, faithfully married to his wife. They'd been married for 50 or 60 years. And uh, he had been uh, promoted heavenwards. And so his widow and their family and friends um, gathered. It was unusually large for, you, you, I often find elderly, funerals of elderly people, there's you know, relatively few who gather. But because they've been part, plugged in, committed, connected to a Christian community, there were a lot of people uh, packing in the chapel where we were holding the service. And she was in the front row and um, we were singing a, a hymn and, and part of the service. And I, I just remember, I was kind of transfixed by her face. And I, I could notice as the sort of sunlight streamed through the window and, and kind of, in a sense, lit up her face. I could see the tears rolling down her cheeks. And yet, amid the sadness, deep sadness at the loss of a life partner, the joy. It, and I, found, I almost had to sort of stop myself. We were kind of singing to him, but I was kind of, I was kind of staring at her found myself sort of, because I, I was glued to just, and she was standing there, radiant, weirdly. As I say, tears streaming down her face, and yet I, it's hard to describe the joy that was pouring out of her face. And it seems to me joy, which Paul prays uh, uh, here, amid his hardship and amid his suffering, it seems it's almost like that, that brings out into sharp relief the gift of God. It's not something we generate. We can make happy times. We can sort of, you know, we crack a joke or we, we plan an evening that will be fun. And, and it lifts the spirit for as long as it lasts. And then there's, there's sort of something of a sort of slump or a dive after, and oh, the evening's over or that joke's ended or we're back into COVID. You know, it, it kind of up, up and down. But, but joy is a kind of 
steady state essence because it's not dependent on us. It's, it's gifted to us by God. It's a grace of God. And it seems to me it shines all the more brightly amid test or trial. That's why James can pray in his letter, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that this is proving, this is growing your perseverance and helping you to become complete in Christ. It's, it's knocking off all the soft bits and the rough bits and the useless bits, it's, it's, it's growing you and I. So thanksgiving with joy. Thanksgiving is, as, as Will was encouraging us, we, we decide to give thanks. We make room and space. We will ourselves to give thanks, especially in testing or difficult or frustrating times. So, so it seems to me the timing of this uh, annual meeting as we look back on the life of the church is uh, it's just for us to go, oh, that was so good. Thank you, God. And to allow his joy free reign in our lives. Amen. Shortest sermon you've ever heard from the vicar. Uh, what we're going to do is we've got a little visual. It's a 20-second warning to, the, to Connor at the back. We've got, uh, I've just put together some, some slides and pictures. I, I'm really conscious of really putting this together that um, there are so many things that have taken place over the last um, 18 months, two years or so, that either for safeguarding reasons, if they involve you know, vulnerable people or children, young people, uh, you know, we, can't, we can't take pictures of schools that are in here. You know, so, and there are all sorts of events where we're having, frankly, so much joy and so much fun, we forget to take pictures, and that's not the f- first thing on our mind. So this is a, a slightly sort of selected um, pick of... Um, of what God has done in and through us. But, but uh, mainly, as some of the things that, that feature large are when we've gathered together as a church out there on the green. So the Parsons Green Fair uh, back in 2019. Or when we've clustered as a church at Focus to worship and fellowship together. Um, and, and last year, 2019, which is our annual meeting, we look back at last year, if you, if you can remember, 2019 feels like decades ago, doesn't it? But that was when the building project was taking place and then was finished and so there are pictures around the reopening of that as well Uh, there's one two other things in this little uh, three minute montage so um, enjoy Can we come back to it? Yes, okay, we'll have it as a, a reprise. Is that what you're... Yeah, are we, if we, is it just a postponement, not a cancel? Oh, no, here we are. Yeah. A, a little snippet. That was, that was the first one. <laughs> That's the start. Okay, yeah, we'll give you time. Can we, can we see if we can get it at the end? Perfect. Okay, let's... Um, uh, uh, da, da, da. Yeah, so, okay, what I want to do, a little heads up then to the various people I'm going to ask just to give testimony. I need the mic and the... Oh, thanks, Joe, and the, and the, um, the wipes as well. Um, so, uh, this is a 30-second warning to Barney. Cool. Uh, then we're going to go, and the themes, what we're, we're just around our three values. We're just going to hear stories of 
Uh, well, the first one is just a miracle, Frank, nothing short of that. God at work in extraordinary ways. Um, he's, in, he's at work in ways we can see and he's at work in ways in which we just sometimes confound us all. Praise him. Uh, so there's a story of God at work in COVID times. And then we want to look at, we're going to look at things that, um, uh, where we've encountered God. That's one of our values, where we have embraced one another and seen God at work through that. And then a number where we've sought to engage in our local community. So the kind of up, in, and out of church life. So we'll hear stories are, are clustering around that. So Barney's up in a moment, then Janine, then Hannah, then Laura B, and then Conan, and finally uh, Joe Coleman. So that's, that's, that's the running order. But so let's have, let's have Barney. Yeah, was that a little whoop? Just if you hold, hold that one there, that's it. Um, so Barney, your mum. <laughs> Joe's laughing because he knows what I'm about to say. Um, okay, so there's, this is a really long story. I'm going to keep really brief because I know there's lots of people to speak. But this is one of... As Tim has already kind of prefaced, this is a story of incredible, miraculous healing in 2020 for my mum, who some people in this church know quite well. Um, and yeah, this, I'm so pleased tonight's services give thanks because this is something that I am and my entire family and our friends and our network are so grateful to God for. This is something that we did not anticipate happening but it's something we did not anticipate being healed as a medical condition either. So, mum was healed this, this year, and healed is a tricky term to use because I'm a doctor, but healed from cancer and from very advanced cancer. So she, my mum had uh, stage four, which means the most advanced stage, melanoma, which is a type of skin cancer, and it had spread this is a February of this year, so this is right at the start of the lockdown. The way that a diagnosis is broken in, in oncology and in cancer care is very painful, actually, as a family to receive because it comes in chunks, and the chunks tend to get worse with time. And we found at the start of the year that for about six weeks in a row, every scan and result and test got progressively worse to the point that mum, who just turned up at the GP with a swollen leg in February, had a catastrophic diagnosis with a tumour the size of an avocado in her pelvis. It had spread to her spine, it had spread to other bones, and it had spread to the breast. And this is a condition that 10 years ago, there was no available attempt at treatment for in the medical sphere. And our response as a family was twofold, really. And this sounds very structured now, and it felt very chaotic and painful at the time. But the approach was pray and get everybody we know that cares about mum, or even doesn't particularly know her, but cares about one of us, to pray for her. And she had an army of prayers, including lots in this church, and including, in particular, our life group that Lara and I lead, who were just incredible from, for six months in praying for her, at midday, every day. Prayer was one part, and the medical realm was the other part, which was at first going to a consultant doctor who said, this is the best treatment for you, and figuring out a way through treatments. And we believe really strongly that this combination of 
prayer for mum for a miracle and a breakthrough combined with God's blessing on innovation and on breakthrough cancer care has been really significant. Mm. We were praying for God, just take this lump away now, shrink this, reduce the cell count. We were praying those very direct prayers. But we were also trusting immunotherapy to stimulate mum's immune system to the point that her body was fighting this cancer mm. to its max. And on the medical side, to cut a really long story short, mum had an overwhelming response to immunotherapy. She had one dose, one injection of this new drug. And her body responded so violently that she was hospitalized for two weeks with her thyroid gland failing, with her heart failing, with her liver failing. And we were disappointed in one sense, but on the other sense, we sensed something dramatic was happening. Her body was going into sixth gear fighting this thing. And on my birthday in August, Lara and I were sitting having lunch outside our flat and we knew mum was having a scan to update on how things were going. And we had the biggest shock, which was mum sending a WhatsApp message on the family group with a song, lots of people will know, that's I Raise a Hallelujah. And she just dropped the YouTube link and said, I was hoping I could sing this today because there is no cancer in my body on the scan. There is nothing there. And this was so shocking to us, so staggering, that we didn't know quite how to respond. I, car I carried on opening birthday presents for 20 minutes. And this news slowly sunk in. And we've, I think Lara and I had a, had a tearful afternoon, and, and the news, that news has sunk in. And this is not, in medical terms, a cure, because in cancer terms, people say you're in remission for five years. They don't say you're cured. But there's no cancer in mum's body. And I think for her, the really profound moments in this, spiritually, were two things. One, knowing that people she doesn't even know are praying for her, and that they're pay praying faithfully for her. Um, and she was particularly moved by people praying who aren't Christians, people who love her and were stirred to just try praying for her because she cared and thought that that was what was needed. That was one thing. The other thing was mum felt, she's someone who's got such zest for life. She loves a dance floor and she's so full of life. And I never thought I'd hear her saying this, but she said she saw herself during this year walking along a ridge. And on the one side of the ridge was life and on the other side was death. And it felt like things were totally in the balance. But staggeringly for her, she made peace with either outcome. She said, Lord, if it's, if it's time for me at 58 to die, that's okay. But if it's not, that's what I want. That's what we're all praying for and we're contending with and wrestling with every day. And mum's attitude now is one of waking up in the morning and being just totally grateful for, to God. Uh, she was really anyway, but she's got, she's got that complete oomph in her. She's going around, um, uh, well, she's been to a couple of churches. She's shared her testimony. Um, we are encouraged to as well. I felt like a wimp the other day because I came back for the first time and Tim said, does anyone have anything to share? And I thought, I've got something massive to share, but I don't really know how to share it because there's so much to say hmm. that I don't know how to, how to package that up. Hmm. But moral of the story here is, I want to encourage everybody to pray for healing, however you perceive healing, for those that you know that need it, because this was miraculous in our view. Even for me, who's skeptical about Christian healing and who struggles and wrestles with this and who's a doctor and who looks at this at the molecular level, not the spiritual level predominantly, 
And the fact that mum's cancer has been driven out of her body was just the, the, the most brilliant news that we could have had um, in August. And we're so grateful to God for this. So thanks for listening. Amazing. Oh, yes. Stay, stay here. Stay here. Yeah. Barney, thank you. So you're not a wimp at all. Uh, thank you so much for just expressing that so eloquently, so powerfully. Let's just pause. Let's just pause for a moment. And just to let the weight of that story and its significance for Barney's mum and family and connections and networks, the significance right across the piece. This is one extraordinary intervention. Look at the ripple effect. Look at the tsunami. What's this doing to our faith now? Father, we want to say, although we don't understand, there's so much we don't understand, but we want to acknowledge when we see things that feel like they are of you. We can't prove, but we hear and we see, we pray and we press in. And when there's breakthrough and when there's good news and when there are things that call forth joy, we want to give you the glory. Thank and praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Barney. Here's Janine. Yeah. So, uh, kind of carrying on the, the, um, the, the idea of prayer and believing prayer, Janine, you've been part of um, Furnace which uh, that's got a sort of interesting name. Come on, tell us a bit about yeah. Furnace and what's been going on. Yeah, um, really cool to hear about healing because that's kind of a lot of what we do, I think, is the, on the outreach side is like pray for people for healing. Um, so it's basically every Monday night we meet and pray um, and worship and then pray some more and then worship some more, uh, just kind of as the Spirit leads in, in the church. Um, and then over the course of the summer, um, I wasn't here, but a group has been going out onto the green and praying for people, um, just walking up to people and praying for them, which scares the crap out of me personally. Um, but there have been some really cool stories that have come out of it, and people have been just really receptive. Um, and they've, you know, I think, if you think about like walking out to the green to ask somebody, can I pray for you? Um, that's really scary. Um, and I wouldn't expect a positive response, um, but everyone has just kind of been pretty receptive and, and polite about it. And some people have, have been healed, um, some people have kind of had their eyes open to God and who he is um, and have just kind of, yeah, had a really nice experience, I think, with St. Dee's. Um, so it's just been really encouraging. What, what's been the response when you've gone up to complete strangers saying, can, can I pray for you? What, what have you found the response to be? Um, so I haven't done it myself, but the, 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 the courageous yeah. ones you have, um, they've generally people have just kind of said, yeah, sure. Or um, I think a lot of people have kind of just had a rough year. And so because of that, they've been really receptive and, and been hungry almost for, mm. for prayer um, mm. and for healing and, and things that have been going on. So, yeah, it's been a warm welcome, which I think is unexpected. So I think it's cool. And finally, Ginny, you said um, we have been doing this. Who, who's the we? Because it's not just St. Deeds, is it? 
Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, it's been basically um, a group of St. D's and then a couple of other churches around the, the Fulham area who've mm-hmm. come together, which has been also really nice because it's mm-hmm. been a, a different mix of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been kind of a, a spirit of unity in it as well, which has been nice. Amazing. Janine, just to say, I'd love to pray with you uh, and just to give thanks to God. So join me as we say, Father, thank you for the boldness of these guys and thank you so much for um, these other churches that have joined in that have ventured out that have uh, been courageous reached to people in need and we thank you for the answers to prayer we've seen in the work of this little furnace group we pray Lord like a, like a furnace you would just fuel that fire your spirit would be fanned into flame in the lives of them and others who join them other churches that join in Lord, we love to see in this new season more and more people seeking you, hungry for you, to see change and transformation in our local community. So, Lord, for a fresh encounter, one of our core values, that we'd encounter you in this dynamic prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Janine, thank you so much. Amazing. Yeah. Hannah is our youth and children's pastor and family worker and schools worker and pretty much, yeah. Nought to 18 and everyone associated with them. Hannah, tell us some of the highlights, what's been going on and, and maybe what also, what's some of the needs yeah, as we brilliant. grow the work? Um, so I've just been really encouraged um, in this time, particularly with our all-age services. So one of the visions of the Children and Youth Ministry is just that um, no matter what age you are, you can follow Jesus and be a full member of this church. And so we kind of increased our all-age services uh, last year And then over lockdown, we did a series online over the summer. Um, And then since we've been back, the 9.30 service has just been so exciting, joy-filled, like so much excitement and just has really grown, which is is amazing. And then the other thing um, is our youth group, which uh, we started an after-school youth group for year seven to nine um, at the beginning of this year. Um, And that's just been great and really grown. So um, they started bringing their friends along, which was amazing. And then over lockdown, it was kind of keeping up that connection with them. We also started something for the older ones in that time. Um, And it was just really encouraged to not only kind of keep up that connection with our teenagers, but see them grow in relationship with each other, in friendship, um, and in faith as well. Yeah, and the need. <laughs> um, so I, we really, in order to keep doing what we're doing um, and to grow even more, we, just, we need more helpers, basically. So if any of that excites you in any way, then do come and chat to me, and I can tell you a little bit more about it. Amazing. I see, Hannah, just while you're here, can, let's just do, we were talking earlier about a little sort of survey you can do in the church. So we're, we're all adults here, but I wonder if you wouldn't mind raising your hand if you either came to faith in your teenage years, or during your teenage years, your faith was significantly sort of rooted and established in love, as it were. There was, uh, you may be growing up in a Christian home, but there was maybe a camp you went on, a talk you heard, a a, a sort of mentor who who kind of established, yeah, this is is the way, or helped you to establish, this is the way I wanna live. So you either came to faith as a teenager, or your faith was significantly quickened uh, through your teenage years. Would you mind just raising a hand if that's you? Okay, just, just keep them up and have a look around. I would, I would, that's well over 50%. I would say that's getting on for 
70% of the room. Okay, hands down. So as adults, we are here now, we're kind of saying, because of some, something significant that happened faith-wise while we were teenagers. And um, essentially, am I hearing this right, Hannah? You're, you're essentially saying, um, why don't you pay it forward? Is that right? <laughs> so if someone blessed you, why, why don't you consider prayerfully uh, blessing an, another young, le- they're leaders now, they're evangelists now. They're in the school, you know, the playground, the classroom, they are surrounded, uh, just as you are, by, by people who have different worldviews and different faiths. Uh, and they have this opportunity now, but they're, they're the leaders of the church now, and also, you know, they can be the oaks of righteousness for our church communities going forward. And you guys, the, the really exciting thing is you guys can help invest in them, just as someone invested in you. So do, do consider that. But uh, let's pray and give thanks for Hannah and her teams and the, the babies, children, youth, families. My goodness, what a job spec. Lord, we pray that you would give strength and vision and inspiration to Hannah and her team. We thank you so much for all that you have done in and through them. We love this little youth group that's just growing. It's kind of rooting and establishing. I would love that some of those guys are inviting their friends along. And we pray that grows and flourishes. We pray for the ministry amongst families and children. We pray for the uh, connections in the schools around here and for fruit from all this work and fruit that lasts. We give you thanks as we look to engage in this way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Hannah. Amazing. Let's give it up for Hannah and her team. She does a great job. Here's Laura Brimacombe. Yes. <laughs> the queen of 60 seconds. <laughs> oh, so yeah, it's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. Just on 60 seconds. That, just to get it all right, because like, you send out one thing. I know that you send out one thing, you make one detail wrong, and everyone's got the wrong detail. And you were just amazing at, you've got a brilliant, among all the other things, you've got an amazing ability to just see the detail and get it right. And 60 seconds comes out, it's just, it's just information-tastic. Uh, and you've got everything you need. Laura Brimacombe. But that's not why you're here. No. Come on, glass door. Glass door. Glass door. Um, I could talk the whole night about Glassdoor, but um, for those of you that don't know, um, Glassdoor are a charity based in London um, who support the homeless community. So they have a number of different um, circuits and we're part of one of those circuits. And um, basically what we do is we provide shelter and um, a warm supper for uh, a number of homeless um, guests in London. 2018 to 19 was um, the, the season that was basically happening in the Mission Hall and our very own James, Mackenzie Smith, give him a round of applause. Yes, <laughs> He did all the volunteer coordinating for that. He did such a wonderful job with that, so thank you, James. Um, and we also, for the second year running, did a pre-glass door in here. So what that meant was the guests um, who basically weren't allowed to go in for their meal until eight o'clock in the mission hall, came in here to church um, and had squash and basically just time to chat with a load of our volunteers. And just one of the most wonderful things about that was that we weren't really providing anything. We, We gave a glass of water or squash or a couple of biscuits, but actually what we were providing at that time was just 
a conversation or a listening ear um, and just honoring those people as human beings who were, you know, worth spending our time with and that we actually wanted to be with them. And just a couple of people to point out from that was, um, you might have actually just seen Pete come in um, and use the bathroom. He, he used to come to Glassdoor and he now comes into our church every single day. Um, he uses the shower that we've had put in with the Living Space Project. He comes, he sits, he chats, he reads his book. Um, and yeah, we've now got someone who has a warm welcome every single day. Um, he feels so comfortable to come in here, whereas he would have been sort of out on the streets every day. So that's just one uh, example. Another is a guy called Gabrielle who um, he, um, through Glassdoor, got himself a um, sort of stable home to live in. Um, it was a hostel to start with, but, but now a home. And he now has a full-time job. I'm still in contact with him. He's doing really well. Um, he, j he just used to love coming in and seeing us. Um, and then a third person who, um, He's actually done um, Glassdoor for three times now. And um, he was in a wheelchair for a long time because um, he'd had a, a sort of operation go bad. Um, but he then, um, again, Glassdoor helped him get in and have a, a sort of a fix-up operation, as it were. He's now walking. He's now got a home. And actually, he came to one of our Sundays, one of the all-age services that Hannah did brilliantly. Um, yeah, he came to one of those um, a few months ago, absolutely loved it, and um, again, was just really grateful that we'd sort of invested in him. So, um, yeah, so it's just amazing. And um, this year's going to look a bit different. Um, we can't do the shelters so people can't stay overnight, but what we are gonna do is open up this building three nights a week, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, for the Glassdoor guests to come and have dinners, um, and um, there might be a few takeaways for people who aren't on the, on the list per se. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be able to do suppers, so whilst they can't come and sleep because of the whole COVID um, shared airspace thing, um, they'll still get hot, hot dinners, um, and just a point on that actually, on the Wednesday night is the night St. Dee's volunteers are doing, um, but on the Thursday and Friday night, it will be in our building, but two separate other churches will be sending their volunteers here. Um, so it just feels to me like such an amazing um, uh, sort of use of the building that was exactly what the whole living space project was about, having a full kitchen that we can cook a really great meal for you know, at least 30 um, homeless guests. Uh, we, can, we can share with other local churches, say, yeah, come in, use our building. You don't have um, space for that, but we do. So come in, get your volunteers in um, and really bless the local community who, who you know, people who really need it. Um, yeah. Um, oh, just one other thing to say. Thank you for everyone who gave money last, um, sorry, two weeks ago when we did the Glassdoor collection. Um, we raised £400, which we donated this week. Um, and last year and hopefully next year, we did the sleep out. Um, so we, a few of us, I think it was six or seven of us, slept out on uh, Duke of York Square to raise awareness and raise money for, for Glassdoor. Um, so going forward, keep an eye out for that. Um, keep an eye on the Christmas um, gallery um, Advent Hope thing because we're going to be um, raising money again for Glassdoor on that. So keep your eyes peeled for those things. Sorry, I've gone on too long. I'm going to stop there. All, all good. Taking off the vicar. Uh, let's, uh, let's just give thanks just for um, this particular work so much just in, 
these guys, uh, and those of you who've, who've helped out on the pre-glass tour, you, you know, these are, they're just two missed rent payments away from being you or me. They've, they've, some of these guys have got degrees and um, like qualifications, uh, letters after their names. Uh, they speak several languages. They're bright, intelligent, cogent, just without a roof over their head at the moment. Father, thank you that with the provision of this building and this space, we can make it live for them. Thank you for that kitchen, Lord, that we can cook for them. And thank you that we can share this space with other churches who haven't quite got the facility that we now have. And we can partner with them to meet the needs of people like Pete and Gabrielle and others, not yet known to us, but known to you and loved by you. Lord, it is a privilege to be able to serve brothers and sisters like this in this way. And we thank you for that privilege. And we, we want to grow. We want to see this ministry grow. So we thank you for Glassdoor. We pray for them in these difficult and testing times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Laura. Who's next? Laura B. Uh, Conan. Yes. Hand for Laura. And here's Conan. Conan, I'm just conscious of the camera. Let's just move that a little bit this way so that people online can come and stand in the, stand in the lights, Conan. There you go. Um, Conan, you've got, what hat are you wearing? This is... Uh, so this is Crosslight, the, the death advice charity. And um, as some of you will know, a number of us from this church... Oh, uh, hang on, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, flick that one up. That's it, start and again. Crosslight, the death advice charity. So a number of us from this church uh, volunteer there. I can see Emily's sitting in the corner over there, uh, Miriam Danrolis. Uh, and, and in the nicest possible way, what we try to do is to stop people meeting Glassdoor and becoming Glassdoor clients. Uh, so what Tim said just now about most people being only a couple of missed uh, rent checks or a couple of paychecks away from real trouble is absolutely true. Uh, and what we do is we work with people who are in that trouble uh, to try to help them get back on track, to try to restructure their debts if possible, eliminate their debts, uh, help their budgets to balance, help them to find a home to rent that they can afford, uh, and, and get their life back on track. And I was trying to think of one client that I've met in the last year that, that's, that's really struck me. Uh, and I think it was a guy who, um, who I'll call Phil. Uh, and Phil led a very, very difficult life in which he made some major mistakes, uh, and he ended up in prison uh, for a fairly serious uh, violent crime. And when he got out of prison, he met a Christian, and he started going to church, and he found Christ. And his life was transformed, uh, and he became a committed and, and joyful Christian at a church not, not too far from here. But then what he found was that although um, Christ forgives your sins, uh, the county courts are not so generous. <laughs> um, and so the debts that, that he had accrued in, in his previous life came back to haunt him, and he was just about managing to pay them off, working really hard, working six days a week to, uh, to pay all his debts, to pay some child maintenance. Um, and then COVID hit, and he lost his job. And everything, all this new life that he had painstakingly with the help and prayer of so many people around him, everything he'd built up, it came crashing down. Uh, and so what we did was we work to help eliminate those debts, to write to the creditors to say, look, Phil can't pay these, to go to the courts and say this is unreasonable, just to try and work out a payment plan that 
would enable him to get his life back on track so that everything that he and, and all the people around him had so painstakingly built for him and transformed his life so that that didn't disappear. Um, and money's obviously not the biggest part of, of people's lives, but it is enough to destroy them sometimes. Uh, and so I, I think the work that we do in Crosslight, even though it involves dry numbers and spreadsheets and phone calls and credit cards, it really does make massive differences to, to people's lives. And I'm so glad that so many people from this church uh, can participate in that. There is still a plan for us to do it in this building at some point. COVID has obviously knocked that off course, uh, but hopefully in the not too distant future. And in the meantime, if anyone wants to get involved, uh, when most of our sessions are online, it's, it's as easy as it's ever been to volunteer. So I definitely commend that to all of you. Amazing, Colin. Because you, just on that, Crossline is kind of, it's, it's HQ is in, it's in Hammersmith, isn't it? St. Paul's Hammersmith. But increasingly, some of the, the referrals are coming from further south and from around here. Yeah, so it's, it, we work across London. Uh, as, as Tim says, it's mostly based in, in West London. Um, but we work across London and the home counties. And so if any of you, and I know a number of people have come to me and said, look, I'm encountering money difficulties or some people I know are. Uh, that's the other way that you can contribute and get involved. If you know anyone whose life is being damaged uh, by money, by debt, um, then refer them on because um, hopefully, hopefully we can help. You're amazing. And you, you're, the, you're the treasurer, is that right? Of the I'm the treasurer of the Hammersmith branch. Um, and, and Dan Rollins is the chair. Dan Rollins is the fundraising chair. The fundraising uh, chair. He's doing a, doing a great job. Um, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that being the treasurer is the easiest it's ever been because we're actually reasonably well funded at the moment uh, which well, is not something that I should say well no enjoy it while it lasts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well let's pray let's just give that again let's just pause for a moment to, just to think Phil uh, and even if that's not his real name the Lord knows and there are lots of Phil's and all sorts of people connected to Phil or uh, whose lives are impacted by whatever happens to Phil and people like Phil. And Lord, we thank you so much for the, the, the vision and the, the call and the, the sacrifice and the dedication of that Crosslight team. Thank you for Stefan and those who set it up at St. Paul's. Thank you for those who oversee the work. We, we have a horrible feeling that the need is going to increase in the months and years that follow. And we thank you again for the privilege of being able to partner with these organizations to be salt and light in what must feel like quite dark, dark and oppressive times for many, many individuals. Lord, we pray for Conan and others here and others who join and others on this team to bring that light, to, to be salt, a, a flavor of God, a taste of God, of hope when there's a temptation for despair. In Jesus' name, amen.